Hi, my name is Viktor Lövgren and you're listening to Shaping New Realities, a podcast about Swedish Institute alumni striving for a gender-equal world. Each episode of this podcast features a Swedish Institute alum selected to participate in the Stockholm Forum on Gender Equality earlier this year and given a grant to organize an event on the theme of gender equality in their home country. For this third and last episode, I went to Malawi, one of the least gender-equal countries in the world according to a UN index, but also one of the most religious countries in the world. The justice, as far as I know, the equality for me belong to God. If a snake jumps jumped into my house today, I will see my wife running. It will be me that will be standing to say I need to face this because God has created me as a man. In this episode, we follow the Swedish Institute alum and graduate from Örebro University in Sweden, Victor Kaunga, a journalist and devout Christian, mobilizing faith in the fight for gender justice. From the mind, from the body, from everything, I am not weak. I don't feel weak. Weaker than men? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> because you are too disorganized, I'm going to tell you, it's not God speaking, it's me speaking. I'm bored with you guys, I'm fed up. At the end of it, I think we're trying to bring dignity to every person. And we begin at the radio. You're listening to TWR, your friendly voice, and now the time is half past four. So this is Victor Kaunga in one of the studios at the Transworld radio station, hosting the daily afternoon show called Sunset Mix. The Transworld Radio, or just TWR, is located in a small building in Malawi's capital, Lilongwe. Victor has been the head of the station since 2012. It's the largest Christian radio station in the country. Six million out of Malawi's 18 million people could potentially tune in. I enjoy being on air, actually, um, especially live productions. And, and the issue is for me, people, people listen, people know the voice. So they just say, oh, okay, he's on this program now. Now the reason I'm here is because we're just three days away from a public lecture that Victor is organizing, financed through a grant from the Swedish Institute, which also included Victor visiting the Stockholm Forum for Gender Equality conference earlier this year. It's a lecture challenging the faith community to stand up and join the fight for gender equality, something which could have a decisive impact on the lives of both men and women in Malawi. We'll get to that later because Victor's engagement in gender started with radio. So we're in 2009. Victor had just completed his master's degree in global journalism at the Örebro University in Sweden, studying on a scholarship from the Swedish Institute. He came back to Malawi and started thinking about the fact that there were almost only men heard at his radio station. Men, men, men. So Victor decided to do something about it. So that's when I set up a plan to say, I think we need to increase the presence of women on air, both in terms of presentation, um, but also content. He started by bringing female preachers on his shows. A natural starting point given that TWR is a Christian radio station and already had many male pastors working for them. He recruited women to host shows and to provide content. But quite quickly, he realized that it wouldn't be as easy as he thought. 
was not easy because there were so many excuses. You you know this person is good, but for them to take up the challenge, say, no, not me, ah, not me. So you have to coax them and say, no, but you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> uh, actually, I didn't want... I didn't want it. So this is Janet. Yes. <laughs> She's now the program manager at the station, responsible for all shows running at the TWR. When first offered the position, her reaction was... I didn't want it. Uh, because I thought there were very big shoes to fill. Okay, because also considering that we are a national station... So you have like people all over the country who get our signal and you have a lot of high profile people who are listening and oh, I was like no <laughs> I don't want to be the leader of this thing. At the end Janet says her sister convinced her to take the position. But Janet also says that while female leadership in Malawi has become more common people can still be suspicious of women in high-ranking positions. There is a resistance of women leadership in this country. So sometimes I think as a woman, you're thinking, I can do this. But then you're also looking at the people that have surrounded you and you feel like, are these people going to take me seriously? So women are like, I, I think I don't want to, I don't want to be that, that person who is being resisted. She gives the example of Malawi's first female president. Uh, Joyce Banda. Joyce Banda was president until 2014. During her reign um, as president, there was a revelation of looting of government funds and things like that, which was termed cashgate. And people connected this to the fact that she's a woman when it has no connection at all. I mean, there has been looting of government funds in Malawi from like the early 90s, people have been looting government funds. And during that time, there were male presidents. But the fact that this was a female president, now everybody's like, no, women are not good leaders. Look, people are losing funds from government. In the same way, when men did that, nobody said men are not good leaders because there is looting in government. Today, Janet says, TWR has a working atmosphere conducive not only to women leadership, but the female colleagues also have informal support structures encouraging each other to keep at it, despite the sexism they sometimes encounter in society. Now, after Victor Conga had started his project of making his radio station more equal by recruiting more women to host shows, provide content, be part of management, to serve on the station's board, he also came up with a concept for a new show. Then I decided that actually, I can actually do something on air with my wife. <laughs> he called it My Wife. It's a show hosted by Victor together with his wife, Thembi. Together with Victor, they have four kids. My Wife is a short show, five minutes, and it's kind of a lifestyle program about marriage, bringing up issues like the division of household labor, Whose responsibility is it to make the bed? Family planning, that is, how many kids to have. Who has to take a child to the hospital when a child is sick, between husband and wife, if they are are parents. And also, more controversial topics. So around Valentine's Day, a few years back, Victor and Thembe decided to bring up... Gadabukirakuno. 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 I don't know if I said that right. Gadabukirakuno is like you're saying to your wife, please turn the other side. So you're sleeping like... Um, she's facing that way and say, hey, please, turn this way. Eh? So 
come on let's have sex so the point was can the woman tell the husband why should it always be the man saying so that one had quite some feedback people people laughed because the term you don't hear the term mentioned in public per se. You, you and we said it on on radio so how can you say that but that was interesting so you know now that was an addition of my wife they got a lot of response not only from friends and colleagues but also from a place victor didn't suspect and then we have a pastor who just said victor and he says thank you so much i'm listening and i'm learning a lot and you're handling it in a very simple manner but in a mature way <laughs> said who am i to talk about this sunday <laughs> to a pastor i did not know that he listens that regularly and that he picked that edition speaking to victor about issues relating to his life with his wife then me and his kids turns out he's a very frank person someone who doesn't shy away from using himself as an example of how things could still be better in terms of gender equality we deliberately thought we can share a bit of our lives because i think that creates a point of accountability uh, because we can talk about it people hearing it we have to live to that standard so like with our children with the girls people can hold us accountable on how we treat them um yes we have a boy but are we favoring the boy more than the girls so it's two days before victor's public lecture is taking place and at this point over 100 people have rsvp'd a lot of church leaders included that's important it served the whole point of the event malawi is ranked 173rd in the UN's gender inequality index. And some of the things putting Malawi so low on the ranking is the rate of child marriages, which is still high. It's a women aren't getting their fair share of economic development, and that many girls don't follow through primary school, amongst other things. At the same time, Malawi is also a country where 95% identify as religious. The biggest denominations are Roman Catholic, Christian Evangelical, and Muslim. And from all the people I've spoken to here in Malawi, it seems clear that not much can be done in this country without the faith community taking part. I don't think Victor should expect it to be very simple. This is Reverend Chimwenwe Mahongo from the Presbyterian Church here in Malawi. Uh, it's going to be tough and uh, I know he's going to have a lot of questions because a lot of critical minds are going to be there. He's one of the church leaders attending Victor's event. I met him at his house. He's wearing a leather jacket, giving him the looks of a rock musician, which he sort of is. He is a musician, heard quite a lot on the radio. And if you Google his name, you'll find some of his songs. Personally, I feel like gender, uh, the Bible is so clear about it. Uh, the Bible has stated so clearly. If you read Ephesians 5 from 22, It's so clear. God has demarcated clearly that men do this, women do this. I think it's in First Peter which he, God even speaks about um, women being slightly weaker biologically and needing our support. So when we talk about equality, we should be talking about maybe our feelings, our needs, our wants, and this and that. But there are certain things that we cannot, you know, equate. We cannot. you know think that we are equal men are men women are, are women now to be clear he's not the arch conservative religious leader you might first think having heard that 
He's four female pastors being employed by his church. He says he likes cooking at home and welcomes the fact that many Malawian women choose to work. But he does believe that the Bible is clear on gender roles in the family. The man is the provider, the wife, an advisor, and she needs to submit to the man. Why should a woman be submissive? Can you, can you explain that? You know, to be submissive just avoids a life of competition. In, in my culture, um, I have been made to grow knowing that God has made me to be the provider for my family. If my wife is working, she's just helping me. If today uh, my wife would want to do much more than me, then I would feel like I'm losing my responsibility and uh, I'm not doing the right thing. In other words, the way the pastor sees it and the way many other Malawians I've spoken to believe with him is that, yeah, gender equality is good if it means that women are respected, given love and appreciation of the work a wife is supposed to do. But to challenge the way the Bible defines gender roles, or at least how many in Malawi interpret the way the Bible defines gender roles, is off-limits. I don't think what Victor is trying to bring forth is something contrary to what the Word of God speaks. I want to believe that uh, what he's trying to bring forth is something that is uh, pure biblical. Is that important? It is very important. It is very important to have, you know, the biblical basis of whatever you are doing because uh, there is nothing that we can achieve without God banging it. So it seems, for the faith community in Malawi, to take action on gender equality, it needs to start with the Bible. Later the same day, I met with Agape, a female pastor with the charismatic Redeemed Ministries International. She's friends with Victor and is one of the pastors that he brought on one of TWR's shows a couple of years back. But like Reverend Mahongo, Agape agrees that the man is the head of the family. The Bible says we should honor and respect our husbands and be submissive to them. That's exactly what I do. And it works well because I don't fight against it. Now, if there's one thing you should know about Agape, it is that she doesn't consider herself as a woman destined for stereotypical female work. Quite on the contrary. She tells me that she always wanted to do men's work, as she calls it. Before she decided to become a pastor, she thought of joining the army. So having this obviously energetic, strong woman in front of me, I had to ask her how she thought about being defined as the weaker gender. Yeah, but I mean, do you, do you, do you, because you just quoted the Bible saying, you know, the, the woman is weaker, but do you feel weaker than men? No, not me. <laughs> not me. From the mind, from the body, from everything, I'm not weak. I don't feel weak. Weaker than men? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but how does that make sense then, with the word of the Bible? This, I just believe this is the way I feel and the way I just believe the way I was made to be. I think he knew me before I was born that I was going to be somebody like this, like this. So maybe he prepared me. So I don't fear, I don't feel ashamed, I don't feel weak, I'm just strong. But Agape also says something interesting that I haven't heard before. She says that, yeah, the man is the head of the family, the breadwinner. And yes, the wife is primarily responsible for household tasks. But many men in Malawi aren't doing what they're supposed to according to those roles. While women like herself are increasingly working jobs, men aren't compensating for that by helping out in the household, leaving women to do almost everything, 
something which Agape can relate to. As I'm going to the church, I've been rising up in the morning, cooking for people. Maybe my nephew, my niece is helping me. We go to church. By the time I get to church, I'm tired. But I'll be ministering for a few hours. I'm tired. And you find your husband is home, waiting for you to come and cook. <laughs> yeah, so it's not as easy. You need to be energetic. Mm-hmm. In other words, Agape does see unequal households where women have to do everything while men get a free pass as a problem. She just thinks that God needs to lead a way to change that. Many of the movements, they don't involve God in this thing. So if anything is being done without God, then it's impossible. So it's finally the day of the lecture, and we're in a hotel. Victor has been running around, rearranging chairs, getting the staff to put out visit drinks to the people attending. Lord, we pray that you take control in each and everything. Over 100 people have gathered. In the audience, students, journalists, academics, but also church leaders, some pastors, even a bishop. He's the one reading the prayer, by the way. All church leaders are gathered together in the third row, on a comfortable distance from the podium. If you are coming here to have fun... The main speaker is Naomi Ningvira. And you don't go out there and fight for gender justice. God is your judge. An economist and a former deputy governor of the Malawian Reserve Bank. But now... There's Abigail in the Bible. She's giving a theological lesson to the assembled audience about why the church needs to step up its work against things like child marriages, why it needs to fight for women's rights when it comes to education and reproductive rights, but most importantly, why gender inequality is counter-Christian and counter-biblical. So this idea that women are supposed to be poor, they can't access resources, uh, is not in the Bible. As far as the Bible I read, my, my Bible doesn't say that. She mentions several examples of strong women in the Bible. There is Deborah in the Bible, power. And Naomi digs deep into the insensitivity to gender equality within the church. The church is blind to gender inequality. Speaking directly to the pastors, accusing them of not teaching enough about people like Abigail, Sarah. You know those passages, Pastor, do you know them? In the Bible. You know them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are too disorganized, I'm going to tell you, it's not God speaking, it's me speaking. I'm bored with you guys, I'm fed up. You can feel how the room is both tense and jittery at the same time. Naomi's point is simple. The church just has to look to their own prophets, its own history, to understand why gender equality is something important fighting for. At the end of the day, the Bible itself can provide strong arguments for treating men and women equally. You just have to read it that way. I think the fundamental thing that is harmful in the church is this connotation, this idea that somehow God created a woman as inferior to man. And when I read the Bible, I don't hear that. I hear that when God created man, he found him to be inadequate. Therefore, he needed a woman to complement that man, to make him a better person, to help him. And as Naomi says, doctrines are just doctrines that can change, concluding that the church must concern itself with gender equality. There are no excuses. 
After the lecture is over, I managed to get hold of the bishop who was in the audience. My name is uh, Bishop Stanford Blessing Scarpanda. He doesn't seem too bothered by Naomi Nguyen's harsh criticism of the faith community. In fact, he agrees. The church is not uh, taking part, uh, probably, in terms of uh, gender equality. Uh, most of the times, uh, they concentrate on other things apart from concentrating on this issue. And the bishop comes back to what Naomi Nguyen and honestly, what almost everyone I've spoken to in Malawi have said. Gender equality needs to be led by the word of God, or it won't happen. As a leader, I'll be able to, to speak out. And uh, as a, a bishop, as a pastor, we have uh, the mandate even to speak on a appropriate uh, issues, even concerning gender through the word of God. So the event is over, and Victor is back at the TWR doing radio. For now, why don't we invite um, Casting Crowns to do the track titled Thrive. How has been your day? Did it thrive? Are you thriving or you've been struggling? He does believe that the event he organized will help people in Malawi, and especially the faith community, to see and understand the need of fixing the imbalances between the genders. If not, just to follow the Holy Scripture. The justice, as far as I know, the equality for me, belong to God. And, and, and as someone um, who fears God, if there's space where I need to promote that, I would want to promote that. I wouldn't want any segment of the community or anyone or any person to suffer injustice or inequalities. At the end of it, I think we're trying to bring dignity to every person, which I think pleases the nation, pleases the communities, and I guess so. On, at the end of everything, it also pleases God, in some way. <laughs> You're listening to TWR. It's been a privilege for me to be with you today in Sunset Mix. So you've been with me, Victor Konga, and let Christ indeed satisfy you. Bye. You just listened to the last episode of Shaping New Realities podcast about Swedish Institute alumni striving for a gender-equal world. It was produced by the Swedish Institute, Lovelysaridis, and me, Victor Lövgren. All episodes are available wherever you find your podcast. To find out more about the Swedish Institute, visit www.si.se. But for now, goodbye.